I think it's very important because uh, the team who finishes third automatically qualifies for the next World Cup in 2019 in Japan. But as you know, it's the match no one wants to play. It's basically called the loser's final, although there's a bronze medal up for grabs. Um, but it's the two teams who lost in the semifinals. They desperately wanted to make the semifinals. But there's, there is that added incentive of qualifying automatically for the next World Cup. Yeah, I get you. In a nutshell, please wrap up uh, the Springboks' performance at this tournament. I don't think it was very good. You know, they started off the international season or the rugby championship playing a more expansive game, and they looked good against Australia and New Zealand, losing 24-20 against Australia and Brisbane, and then 27-20 to the New Zealanders um, at Ellis Park in Johannesburg. Um, but once they lost to Argentina and Durban, 37-25, they went back to the conservative way, style of play, mm. you know, using their big forwards as first ball carriers in the, in the first channel, which didn't really work. They hardly ever got over the gain line. Um, and then they kicked out of hand, they, or tried to kick tactically, um, which didn't work because they didn't have a general at fly half who could uh, kick properly and tactically very well. Um, they therefore gave away possession um, and had to defend in most of the matches, especially in the semi-final, which they lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Zealand had the large share of possession and territorial advantage, and they had to defend. In the end, it was the two tries New Zealand scored because of all the possession they had, which was the difference. They only lost by two the box. Yes, they put body and hearts on the line. They lost by two points, but in the end, it were those two tries that made the difference in the semi-final. Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about at the time when they got their momentum and the rhythm going, you say they, they went back to their conservative style of play. This comes at the back of, you know, there was so much criticism around the team, you know, when they were heading for the World Cup. Would you say Coach Mayer uh, could be blamed for some of the choices that he made? Look, we learned in the Jake White era that it takes at least four years to build a team for a, for a World Cup and, and to win a World Cup. You can also go and look back at 2007, 2011. Graham Henry was the coach for the 2007 World Cup, which the All Blacks lost in the quarter, or where the All Blacks lost in the quarterfinals. Um, he was retained as as um, the national coach, and four years later they went on to win the World Cup on home soil in New Zealand. Um, so it takes at least at least four to six years for a coach to build a decent um, squad for a World Cup. I think Heineken Meyer left it too late. He banked on senior veteran players um, and only introduced the younger players once there were injuries and um, retirements. Uh, look, for instance, at Jesse Creel and Damien De Lender. They wouldn't have played if... Uh, Jean de Villiers didn't pick up an injury or Jacques Ferry uh, wasn't out of form and then eventually retired from in- international rugby. I think he missed that point. He should have introduced younger um, players at a lot earlier stage, maybe even in his first year as national coach, like, like um, Jake White did. You know, when Jake White became national coach, he immediately, immediately appointed John Smith, who was still very young at that stage, as his captain, and he kept him as his captain for the entire four-year period. Uh, Heineken Mayer didn't do that, and I think he took um, the, some of the players he took uh, to England were too old and not in form. Yeah. Talking about Mayer, you know, opting for the tried and test that players, the older players, as opposed to the younger and the you know less um, experienced players, do you think the box 
in any way stand ever stood a chance to win the, the competition? Look, once you make the playoffs, it's a, it's a 60-40, even a 50-50 ball game because the top nations are so close together at the moment. You know, the average score in over 90, 91 test matches between South Africa and New Zealand, for instance, mm-hmm. is 19-16. Only a three-point difference um, over 91 test matches between those, uh, those two teams. So once you reach the semifinals, it's almost a 50-50 ball game. Um, no, they didn't have the game plan to beat the All Blacks. Um, yes, they played with heart and soul, but that wasn't good enough. Mm. Um, and maybe we should go back and look at the um, historical strengths mm. or strengths of South African rugby and, and go and have a look at how r- rugby was played in the, in the apartheid era, in, mm. in the 80s, when the Rebel Tours um, played against South Africa in South Africa, uh, even before that, in the 70s, when we had players such as Manikis Roo, mm. later on Dani Gerber. South Africa, um, or the Springboks, were magnificent with ball in hand, but he, we've totally lost those skills.